0: Welcome back to the podcast, Conversations with Jeff Bucknam. Pastor Jeff Bucknam is the lead teaching pastor at Harvest Bible Chapel in the Chicagoland area, and I am your host, Tommy Kreitz. And we are going to have a conversation with someone today because we believe that everyone has a story. But before we get into that, we're going to talk about something before Tommy. It's uh, the last time we talked. It was running, running
1: day, part one. It was. It was pre-running. Pre Chicago marathon, marathon. Yep. and then I had the joy of uh, interviewing Alyssa, who's also a big runner. Yes, we so got into some running talk. Yep, I feel like this is part two of running talk. Yes, so now running it's talk. Over. Na- Welcome to running talk with Tommy Kreitz, <laughs> yes, Chicago marathon finisher. Yes, and wow. Jeff Bucknam, Chicago marathon non-starter.
0: Mm. Watcher?
1: No. <laughs> hey, honey, what do you want to do today? <laughs> well, let's go watch people run. No. Is that, a, is it a thing that people come and, I mean, I, they, can, they come and cheer you on. I understand that. Yeah. But I don't, and I don't
0: know so i I'd think watch. The, I think they said, um, they said 43,000 runners and a million spectators, one million spectators. Wow. So. How do they know that? I also asked that question too. I don't know. The satellite imagery? Do they Maybe do they've got helicopters <laughs> flying. Like when we were getting into the corrals, there was like four or five helicopters, yeah. like just going over the crowd and. It was really? kind of unbelievable, yeah.
1: I was probably a government person who's counted everyone.
0: Yeah, counted every single person. Uh, okay, so how'd it go? Uh, it went. I did it. <laughs> so give us a little bit of
1: rundown okay. on the day of the marathon. Did you sleep well the night before? I did. I did actually you take yeah. med- medication to make that happen? Nope,
0: I didn't. I didn't have to. Did I, you
1: carb load the night before? I did.
0: What'd we have? I had vodka pasta, which sorry, is wait, like wait. a, sorry, <clears throat> it's like a it's like a red sauce. Oh, wow. It's delicious. And, uh, did you have a lot of it? I had uh, a restaurant serving, so yeah, quite quite a bit. You went out to eat. I went the out to eat before in, so the, in the city. Have, you could have been poisoned. This is true, but I didn't get any meat. So oh, is that against the rules? I, no, but I learned that from someone, uh, John Bell, who told me uh, get the pasta, but don't get any meat with it because I think because of the, you could you know meat could make you sick. Okay, I, you know. All so right. I just got the pasta. Okay, I feel like it's really hard to get sick from pasta from just pasta.
1: So it was good. You went to bed. You got I up did. the next morning. You felt at an unusual in the morning.
0: surge of energy. Yep. Got up at 430. We were downtown. We stayed downtown. And quite a, this is quite an event for you. It was. It was a whole thing. We didn't even drive in. We didn't. No, we didn't. Okay. Nope. But but I had, uh, so we were staying at the Hyatt McCormick Place, oh, yeah. which is actually where like the McCormick Place is. The McCormick Place yeah. in the name. And the expos there. And so that was nice to just be able to walk over and do all that stuff before the marathon. And then I didn't realize though, that it's 2.5 miles away from the start line. Oh. And so I texted uh, Jeff Thompson, (laughs) who we were talking the night before. And he's like, I've got a parking spot pretty close. I'm like, you want to pick me up? (laughs) Okay. And he did. All right. Uh, Because Ubers were like $65 that day because of course they were. And so he picked me up. And so, we, do you start like if you're in the Chicago Marathon? You have yep. and people are listening probably know this. I don't
1: know it, but you you have certain groups that you run with. It's you do, not you like have, they just pile everybody on. You couldn't climb to the front of the line and lead the Chicago Marathon no, for no, no, a brief no. second. You could, I could. If not, you got yeah. a quick
0: start, I don't even think I could. Just seeing the times that those people yeah, got but the crazy. quick start, you could have been right out. For they um, the first hundred meters, maybe, maybe, but they, yeah, no, you get assigned to corral. Oh. And they take you to, like, their letters, A, B, C, okay. D, E, F, G, all the way to, did anyone know what the, N, N is the last one? Um, which one were you in? I was in H. Oh, H, it kind of right in the middle, Right buddy. in the middle. Uh, but then we went back one, because uh, you can go back, you can't go forward, okay. they'll get you. You, gotta, you can go back, though, and so we went to J, which was where a lot of the other people who we were running with were, okay. so went back with the slow pokes i'm just kidding, I'm kidding.
1: <laughs> so you you started the marathon basically after everyone else had finished Sorry, so the leaders had so finished. before
0: we got to the 13.1 the half mile you know the halfway through half marathon yeah uh over the loudspeakers they were announcing the the elite runners finishing
1: oh it's what's the point in running you could you'd had
0: no shot at winning and i was like wow this is incredible It was rigged <laughs> it was rigged from the beginning <laughs> I was slowed down by all the people in front of me. No, they, they were so fast. It was unbelievable. And right. the, I, I don't know if it was supposed to be encouraging or discouraging to hear that they finished before we even reached the half marathon part. Oh, wow. Just so everyone knows, we were quite slow. We finished in five hours and 30 minutes. About. Oh,
1: because you, you, uh, I think we have it on record that you said that you would go for 42 or something, 47, 42, something or so other. That was a good 45 minutes after
0: that. Yep. Yeah, yeah, Big, solid, uh, do you have it? You had it down. What, what, what did we say? Four four one. 41. Yeah. That was your number. Yeah. That's what we said last time. So,
1: but you did it in five hours and 30 minutes Ugh,
0: fail. Did Failure. Totally I fail. guess I got to do it again. I don't know. <laughs> so you ran with a bunch of guys from the church. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yep. I was told that, uh, there was one guy from our church who shall remain nameless, who, uh, had to use the bathroom halfway through. Yes. Indeed. And he took his time Yep. And then came back out and finished it, he of did. course. But at the end, he said he gave two thumbs down when they gave the picture. Yeah, of the, and at the end like, they're never line. doing this ever again. Yes. And I, I put my hand on his shoulder and said, brother, I could have told you that before you started. Yeah, right. That,
0: like. We were we were committed to running together, yeah. too, right? Like, no man left behind. But you guys but didn't wait for him. He was going to the bathroom. We you... wanted to, and he said, no. no, I won't let you. You just go. Go.
1: Go without me, Toby. Yeah.
0: It's a mystery if he even Finish actually— it for me, Tommy. It's a mystery still to this day if he even actually went to the bathroom at all. <laughs> he went to an Uber. Yeah. That's what he did. <laughs> he got on a scooter. Okay. So, so. Uh, first—
1: what, at what point in the race did you find yourself feeling like this was a horrible mistake? Not
0: ever. Okay. I felt amazing the whole race. Really? Yeah. Dude, was it, do you think it was pasta? I bet it was the pasta. I think so. Okay. I think it was the whole thing. I, I was, you know, I had, I was specific about when I took my gels and I stopped at every aid station and got all, I felt great the whole time. I mean, we're going- Don't with- they feed you the whole thing basically? Like at every stop, you could stop and get some more pasta? No,
1: no. You know, I wish. Like, next be- year? I got an idea. Next year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mile 18? We should uh, like do a raisin canes thing where Ooh. we can pass out raisin canes
0: and yeah. sauce. I think you could just do that, <laughs> because people along the way, like they had boxes of donuts open. Really, <laughs> they were giving like anything <laughs> and everything that you could think Nothing of. Nothing quite
1: helps you run the Chicago marathon like a nice, like a spunky donut. dunker's donut. Yeah.
0: I mean, they had it all. Like <laughs> you, you think it, they had it along the way, wow. and they're trying to, you know, they're like, "Do you need something?" Exactly. Yeah. They had bananas and stuff like that at okay. some of the aid stations. Yeah.
1: All right. So never felt like you were sick and weren't going to finish. No, I felt 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 like even at mile 22.
0: Nope. I felt good. Yeah. At at mile eight, my knee started. Remember we talked about it. I I got injured. Uh, so that started to hurt at mile eight. I thought it was going to be a big problem, but, uh, I think I just injured it back into feeling, uh, okay. Okay. I don't know if that's a thing that happens. No,
1: this is fantastic. I'm first of all, congratulations.
0: Thank you. It's a,
1: it's a big thing to be able to say that I've run a marathon, you know? Um, that's the up that's the positive news. So the positive news. The negative news, and we'll finish our marathon coverage with you on this. Yes. Uh, Sunday night, I was preaching in the cathedral. You were? And I saw you, yep. and you looked you looked good. But I was in the in the back and I had to get something printed. And Jeff Thompson was in there and I said, Jeff, how'd it go? And he said, Oh, it's good. I said, You, you must be really tired. And he said, No. <laughs> and I said, Why? What do you mean you're not tired? You just run a, run a marathon. He said, Well, I run a marathon with Tommy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so You guys just saw me. True. (laughs) That was, I think, the slowest. No, no, no. He said there was one slower, and it's when they forced them to walk like half of the marathon. So,
1: (laughs) (laughs) there you go, buddy. You're one one step above the half. Exactly. Exactly. I've got it. So, (laughs) that was fun. We did it. We did it. Congratulations.
0: Fantastic. uh, We actually have um, next week, maybe we'll talk about this uh, pumpkin spice craze. Crazy. That is just yeah. taking the world over.
1: Yeah. Everyone listening right now, it's just written down in their calendar. Got to listen next week for the pumpkin, pumpkin
0: spice. spice. What are our opinions on that? Do we like it? Do we hate it? What, well, what you people are going to have
1: to tune into here?
0: This is called a cliffhanger. And uh, now we're going to go into a conversation with, uh, with a congregant from our Rolling Meadows campus, who we both describe as one of the most interesting men in the world. Uh, Jeff Vander and you guys are going to have a conversation and he's going to tell a story because everyone has a story and we're going to get into that right now. Let's go.
1: So I have the privilege of sitting down here with Jeff Vander Giesen of Linden, Washington.
2: Yes. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So well, this, technically Seattle.
1: Well, technically Linden. But Linden. So people don't know where Linden, Washington is. It is north of Seattle about two hours. I get there in an hour and a half. I, well, okay. Two <laughs> hours. And the reason I say he's from Linden, Washington is where I used to live. Linden, Washington was 20 minutes south. And my father lives in Linden. Yep. My in-laws live in Linden. My sister-in-law lives in Linden, and Linden is like, right, was ranked one of the cutest American towns. Oh, yeah. There are Classic. more churches per capita in Linden than anywhere else. In the country. It might be world, world, buddy. It yeah, might be. It is. And I have over 40
2: fa- Dutch Reformed churches. Yes. and The and largest I, concentration of Dutch outside of, I think, Western oh. Michigan.
1: And in I didn't US. even know this until I met you and you said your name. And in my mind, I was thinking I have seen signs that say Vander hmm. nursery on the main, one of the main streets of Linden. Yep. And I came to find out Jeff Grover that you are a Vander Giesen I am of the Vander Giesen nurseries. Yep. Did you grow up
2: in so Linden? We spent a lot of our summers. So there's a campground up there. Yeah. KOA. The KOA. Yeah. And uh, my parents had it's on uh,
1: line road for those of you who want to visit. That's right.
2: It's, it, it's uh. Yeah, it's out there. (laughs) It it used to be out in the middle of nowhere. Now it's not anywhere. Now it's like backed up against homes. Um, But my parents had a spot. Oh, yeah. They would pay, I don't know, two grand a year. And they'd park an RV and it was just there all the time. Yeah. So we spent summers up there.
1: Yeah. And just, uh, yeah. But you grew up in Seattle. Seattle's your hometown. Yep. Where in Seattle are you
2: from? North Seattle, technically. Uh, my house was in sh- Lake Forest Park. Yes. Uh, that was
1: shoreline. Yeah. I, I'm i very interested in this, of course, because I grew up in Seattle. Yeah. Uh, I grew up in a nicer part than Jeff did. Probably. Yeah. Bellevue. And my was mom was I grew-
2: born and raised in Bellevue. <laughs> was
1: she? Yeah. Oh, okay. So you come from kind of upper crust society. Yeah. Oh, my dad was Linden. Oh, wow. That's an interesting mix. Yeah. Bellevue meets Linden. That's like, yeah. uh, there's that old show where they, where the Green Acres, yeah. you know what I'm talking about? This yeah. is the, Zsa Zsa Gabor. She goes anyway. Okay. Well, yeah. Come from the city and goes out and hangs out with a guy who likes the country.
2: My dad was a Seattle cop for forty years. Almost oh, a little different. My mom then. was uh, JC Penney's undercover security. What? And so she arrested. She, she would catch people. What stealing do people things. do at J C Penney undercover security? Do they? Well, they steal things, and then she jumps them outside. And really? Then she, and then she would call the police, and my dad showed up, and they went on a date, and they got married. Wow. Yeah.
1: That's a. That's quite a story. Yeah. What number of child
2: are you in the... I'm the oldest of three. Okay. Yep. And you, two brothers, sisters? I got a sister, two yep. and a half years younger than me. She lives up in Crystal Lake.
1: Yes. Okay.
2: Uh, and then I got a younger brother, about eight years younger than All right.
1: yeah. I'm really looking forward to finding out how in the world you ended up in Chicago. Yeah. I've talked a little bit with you before, and yeah. so I kind of remember a little bit, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. So uh, you grew up in the shoreline... Seattle area. Who yep. is your very favorite base, baseball team in the world?
2: The Seattle Mariners. Yeah, that's right. We, who
1: really? Well, we got stomach punched the other day. For those of you who know, we're playing t- right now. Yeah, we 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 lost. Uh, we're recording this on the week that the Mariners. By the time you listen to this, the Mariners will probably Seattle have lost to play. the Houston Astros. Yeah, that's probably true. But we got stomach punched in the first game, which is funny because every Seattle Mariners fan was not really that phased by that because we were like, yeah, well, that's pretty much our life. <laughs>
2: Yep, that so, I was I was sitting at my daughter's in volleyball game, watching the bottom of the ninth, two outs, two yeah. strikes. I'm like, oh, let's go. And then, and like they can get guy home, three run home run, three <laughs> run. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs>
1: exactly. Yeah,
2: didn't change my mood. Are you a Seahawks fan? Yes, yes. All right, Seahawks fan uh, and uh, and a SuperSonics fan. Yes, the SuperSonics. I'm a Blackhawks the... fan here in Chicago. Are you no, not a? We didn't have fan. hockey. We didn't. We have it now. Well, we have we, it now, but. I yeah, I didn't learn the sport until I moved here and started going to games. Yeah. For those of you who don't, don't know, championships. Uh, I'm going to so. let let you in on a little secret. I don't... Uh, first of all, I
1: don't like coffee, but that's okay. If I liked coffee, I would never drink Starbucks. But the reason I don't drink, drink Starbucks is because I'm I i uh, I'm boycotting it and have boycotted it personally for years. Okay. Uh, so don't get you a Starbucks because, gift card on... Because Appreciation Month. the man who owns Starbucks, mm. sold the Seattle Supersonics to a dimwit yeah. from Oklahoma City yeah, who said he wasn't going to move my, yeah. our team, and then he was lying all along and yeah, ripped the team away from its 40-year home, yeah. and they put it down in Oklahoma City where they where they lived off of the successes that, that we, we built. built in it, yeah. and now they're facing the reality that no one wants to live in, in Oklahoma, Oklahoma City. Yeah. So... <laughs> Enjoy that, True. folks, and we get our team back. Soon. And now we're going to get a team back. And every Any time day. we go to Oklahoma City, Any we day. will all be watching. Oh, anyway, it's all it's hard for me. I'm pretty excited about the songs coming back. Yes, they'll be fantastic. Yeah. Jeff, did you grow up in a kind of Christian household? I did.
2: Yep. So, um, my dad was grew up in a Christian household. My mom did not. She grew up in a very broken home, um, and. Uh, in the course of them meeting each other, um, my mom ended up meeting Christ, mm. and uh, they got married, and uh, we went to the First Christian Reformed Church of Seattle. I was born and raised. First CRC. Yeah, your last name Dutch. gives you away, yeah. yeah. Yes. Vander, Vander Giesen. Yes. Yeah. So how many years did you attend that church? We were there. So my parents got married in that church, and then uh, we were there till seventh grade. Okay. Seventh grade, my mom wanted... Something that had a little bit more life. Okay. Oh. And what did that mean? No ill against. No, no. The CRC. My, my Dutch Reformed. Roots. Siblings. Yes. But uh, yes, she just wanted some some worship that had a little bit more life to it. Yeah. And uh, uh, so we ended up actually at a non-denominational assembly of God Church. Okay. Westgate Chapel. Yes. I Edmunds. know it. Yeah. Yeah. Edmunds. Alec Rowland is the pastor. Yeah. Good man. Um, yeah. So my mom started going to worship services. My dad worked night. He was a Seattle, Seattle cop, 40 years. Worked the night shift. And uh, so Wednesday night, she would start going to these prayer services and it changed her life. She loved it. Uh, and uh, yeah. That's great. We started going there on Sunday. And okay. And we were there until I went off to college. What high school did you attend? So I was at Watson Groom Christian School. Wow. Which is now called Shoreline Christian. Um, up till my third quarter of my sophomore year, where I said, I'm done. And uh, went to Shorecrest High School. Which is okay. Shoreline yeah. Public schools. Yeah. Finished out my last year and one quarter. When did you graduate from Two high school? Two years and one quarter. Uh, 2001. Okay, young yeah. man. By the last time the Mariners went to the playoffs, you know. <laughs> so yeah,
1: basically it's your fault. <laughs> you graduated slow. from high school, and then they <laughs> stopped going to the playoffs, and then. Not my fault. Yeah, you're basically your entire adult life. Yeah. they My, <laughs> yeah, not been my doing kids, anything. nothing. Yeah. Right. So. Um, you went to college somewhere? Where'd you go to college?
2: Yeah. Uh, I went, uh, I spent my first year over at uh, Northwest College. Yes. In Kirkland, uh, West Washington. West West yep. Yep. Uh, and I lived on campus and it was a giant waste of money. <laughs> Did not really apply myself. I had a good time. It wasn't, it wasn't a waste of money because of the school's fault. It was a waste mm. of money for it was my of fault. your fault. It 100% my fault. Okay. Yeah. I had a really good time though. <laughs> so really not a waste of time. Yeah. And uh, it's funny, it's, we'll get farther down the road here at some point, but all of the guys on, on my floor, I ended up hiring most of them, <laughs> a bunch of them. I hired a bunch of them to come work with me. Oh, well. Wow. We lived on the floor that was the 400 boys. Our mascot was Gumby. Yeah. And it was boys with a Z. Yeah, of course it was. Of course. Um, but we, we were deemed uh, no future in ministry.
0: <laughs> Zero, Zero future? You have
2: no future. <laughs> In ministry, you guys are a bunch of screw-offs and wow, will never amount to anything in the local church.
1: Well, that wasn't true.
2: Yeah, but well, at the yeah. time, yeah, it felt that way. It was, yeah, okay. It was, it was a discouraging. Why did you, what did you? Well, what did you want to do, <laughs> do when you? uh So I was going to this Bible college for a business. So I get to the end of the first year, I was doing a business degree. Yeah. So I was working at Safeway grocery store. Out yeah. Um, I had done pretty well. Started working there when I was sixteen, kind of climbed the ranks. I was an assistant manager over there, and uh, transferred over to the store in Rose Hill, uh, not far from the college. And was working full time while going to school and totally screwing off, Um, and uh, doing business degree. I enjoyed business and uh, numbers and math and kind of the logic of it all. And uh, I got to the end of my first year at Northwest, and I was like, hmm, I don't know that it's good business. To go to a Bible college for no. <laughs> a business degree. <laughs> <story. laughs> <laughs> we're hiring someone. Where'd yeah. you go to school? So I, uh, so I stopped going to Northwest and I bought a house. Ooh. And I went to uh, Shoreline Community College. Yes, good school, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you bought a... Why did you buy a house? Uh, my great-grandfather passed, passed away. Okay. He had a house that he had been renting. It was completely, completely destroyed. Yeah. I'll have to send you pictures sometime. Yeah. It's... Like And you said, completely. that's exactly on what I need is that house. I'm like, uh, so your senior year of high school, you do, in, in uh, where, where I grew up, you were to do a big project. Yeah. They called it the senior project. Yeah. And you would have to do this big project and you'd have to give a presentation, go before a panel. And it was, it was a whole thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so most people would be like, I don't know. I don't know what a big project was. I,
1: yeah, there's I mean there's a dozen different yeah, things. Yeah, I'm gonna like yeah. I don't know make a little
2: cart or yeah know, yeah one yeah that, yeah, like, yeah. You do a little project mm-hmm. um, build my own car. Or I decided build. to finish the basement of my parents' four thousand square foot house. Well, wow. that, that was my senior project.
1: Did you have any experience before that in carpentry? Instruct, nothing. This is before
2: YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> this is before YouTube. So I, uh, but I had so part of the project is you find a mentor, and so I had a I had a mentor who had been. um Someone I think my dad went to school with and uh, uh we uh he, he came over and helped a bunch. My dad knew some stuff too. So learned how to do framing and electrical and wow drop ceiling and drywall and all the things. In one we didn't year. do much plumbing. Um but yeah, at my senior year of high school I did that. So um so I was kind of coming off of like that was fun in the sense of accomplishment of my entire childhood from age four till yeah. eighteen. This basement was concrete it's yeah. unfinished and now i've finished it yes it was super loved you I mean, yeah i added real value <laughs> to <did>. them <laughs> at least what i cost that first year of school yeah see that i screwed off yeah and then uh, but so when i was 19 and i'm figuring like hey i could i could buy this house uh and i could and in your mind you I were thinking it. were you thinking flip it or buy it and live in it Oh, I don't. I don't know if I was thinking like that. I was thinking flip it for sure, not necessarily flip it and sell it, but definitely like yeah, gut it. Yeah, it needed. Yeah, so I bought the house and uh, out of my grandfather's great grandfather's estate, uh, got it for one hundred and thirty-seven thousand dollars. Was I was able to foot the bill of kind of fixing it up, paycheck to paycheck, working at the grocery store and going so, to community college. So was, you'd go uh, to the busy. grocery
1: store, go to community college, and you you would uh on your spare time basically
2: be working on this house yeah so i was going to community college in the morning and then i would and uh, most of my shifts at the store were on the, on the weekdays they were in the evening it was like four to midnight or something clicking i close the store down and the weekends like saturday sunday would be open the store payroll yeah right the schedule type stuff but yeah it and you how old are you like 19 19 <sighs> Dude. And then any spare moment I had was Dude, yeah, gutting crazy. this house. So the first thing I did is get a 40 cubic yard dumpster, backed it out in the driveway. Imagine this, a little quiet, little cul-de-sac yeah, in, Shoreline, of sudden, in Washington. Yeah. This, this house has been a dump. It's been a rental forever, not taken care of. And, uh, uh, some, someone new buyers bought it and a dumpster comes in. Everyone in the neighborhood has got to be rejoicing. They're like, finally, you know, it's going to get finally. Fit. And then they see it get gutted. And then uh, somewhere along the way, they're just like, wait, you, you own the house? <laughs> this kid. This is never
1: gonna get done.
2: Yeah. So pretty quickly the inspector showed up. Okay, and said, uh, you need a permit. <laughs> to tear the house down? No, uh, I mean I gutted it. Oh, okay. Like you open the front door and there's the backyard. I like I kept the roof. Yeah. And it was I think four by fours all the way around. Wow. It was it was gutted. Yeah. And they're like, You're gonna you're yeah, you're gonna need a permit. Okay. So so in the, we, the end... So we did, went and got a permit. Did you rebuild the thing? We did. We put it all back together. Um, yeah, it was paycheck to paycheck. So I yeah. spent a couple of years kind of just working away at it. And, so did, uh, do you still uh, own this house? No, I sold that house in... Uh, um, right? Uh, we got married and my wife and I lived in that house. And I, our two oldest kids are actually born in that house. Wow! And then when my wife was pregnant, so 2008, we... I bought that house in two thousand one, two thousand two, yeah, and then so two thousand eight, uh, so about about five six years, and uh, that's we, remarkable. We sold though. that, and somebody your age to moved do that. to a different house and did it all over again.
1: So when you're going to, to you were still thinking about going into business. That was your plan in the long
2: run. Yeah, I was doing pretty good at Safeway. Yeah, um, and uh, I was doing pretty good at Safeway. Uh, they, I kind of had the upper management stamped, you know, on, yeah, yeah. on me and. They had identified um, you as oh, somebody yeah. that could. Yeah. They were sending me all the things and um, uh, the same week. For those of you who don't died, know,
1: Safeway and Jewel Osco are the same store. They are now. Yeah. I, I think that there's a group that's, is it Kroger who's
2: bought every one of them everywhere? No, Kroger's not either of them.
1: Oh. Okay. Maybe so. Uh,
2: so Albertsons yes. actually was bought by private equity, but then Albertsons bought Safeway yeah, and Osco. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. But when you so go it was in Dominic's there, out here they in the past. Dominic's and Safeway were the same company. Okay, yeah, yep. back in the day, Pleasanton, Pleasanton.
1: California. So, uh, you wanted to maybe do the do the Safeway? So I, path. Yeah. Uh,
2: well, yes and no. So I enjoyed much of like the the people uh, enjoyed the math, the the scheduling. I enjoyed a lot. You're of kind the of an entrepreneur of it. though, because well,
1: that sounds like an entrepreneurial move to me. A 19 I've, year old saying, "Hey, I'll
2: do this." Yeah, I suppose I didn't see that at that okay. time. In fact that it wasn't until not terribly long ago that I saw that. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. It took some time to okay. to find that that muscle, but I definitely have found that it's real. Um, but I uh, I didn't really love grocery. Like so, one of my responsibilities at the end of each night was to face the end caps of the store. So at the very end of the night, like around 11 o'clock at night, it's pretty quiet. Uh, you go around all of the end caps all the way around and you you face them. So you take all the mess and you pull it to the front and yeah. have all the boxes face forward yeah. and end to nice side, really high attention to detail. And you stand back and it, just, it looks beautiful. It looks like, you know, yeah. it's picturesque. It's perfect. Yeah. But then you come back into work the next day and it's ruined. <laughs> people bought it which i guess is success it's the, it's the great point, success you're like I but do. it's like i don't want to build something that just gets ruined every day yeah that's not what i want to spend my life doing it, it was like it actually was a real thing yeah that, that yeah so um my girlfriend at the time was going to her family went to a calvary and and i was at my parents were at um westgate it's yes non-denom ag church and we uh uh, we were dating and we kind of left our parents church and uh, a friend invited us to this, this church down in Ballard. Yes. Mars Hill. Yeah. And, uh, uh, the, actually the first time I went to Mars Hill, uh, a, a friend of my college dorm roommate of mine from Northwest, uh, that I grew up going to school with at yeah. Watson groon. Uh, he invited me to come down cause they were at this all ages music venue on the back of this new, hardware store they bought so yeah. the all ages music venue is called the paradox yeah, it started it in the U district yeah. but they had moved it down to ballard and they were they were getting it ready to reopen it yeah in the new the new home and uh they needed some help so uh, I, I, I got off at midnight yeah. i went down to ballard at midnight into the paradox and i had to change clothes and we had paint sprayers and we were just doing dry fall black spray paint on the ceilings yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that it, it was all. very black. And I was remember. there. Yeah. And I was <laughs> still, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I was painting the ceiling. Okay. I had never attended the church. I'd never heard of the church. Yeah. These guys are smoking and swearing. And I was, I don't yes. I really a different church culture. It's not, not normal. No, no, not normal. Jeff.
1: No. Well, I, I, uh, my back, I actually, um, the guy who mentored me is, was the pastor of Antioch Bible yep. where Mark Driscoll yep. was, uh, yep. there. their parents and were friends with then. Yeah. With Hutch. And then ended up going, Uh, Mark ended up going out to, to Ballard and doing what he did, which (laughs) I mean, at the beginning it was, it was such a, it was kind of earth shattering for a lot of people in this city. Uh, There's nobody I know of my age or younger who doesn't know somebody who had some background with Mars Hill and any, in terms of the Christian community, there was some, everybody, I mean, we could play a name game and eventually do
2: that, but you ended up, working yes yeah, so i i've that was my first night volunteering yeah my girlfriend now wife at the time we started attending there and um man i mean it just uh it was real yeah uh it was just it was it was so helpful to us um it was so challenging and honestly like i was a christian but i was not taking my faith serious Seriously. i was not i was not taking it serious mm-hmm. in a way that um I, I needed to, and uh, it was really at Marseille that I grew up as, as a follower of Christ, and yeah, there was learned a good, how to be a husband yeah. and a father.
1: So my brother in law was actually he's he's an elder now at Doxa Church, which yeah. is the Bellevue some version, over there. yeah. And uh, he, well, he was he was my ex brother in law, but he was my brother in law at the time. I built that church. Yeah, and he, um, yeah, he was involved there, and it, it same thing really did transform his life. There's yeah. a lot of guys around the city of Seattle who it, it just spoke a language to them and they were able to understand. They started to kind of yep. take their lives seriously. Mark's, Mark's impact is similar sometimes to Jordan Peterson's <laughs> on some guys. And I don't mean that. I mean, it just... It's like it was a wake up call to them that they yeah. needed to actually be men yeah. and take things seriously. And I actually think that's a very similar thing that happened here at Harvest for yeah. years with James yeah. and his. They were ministry. very similar, very similar churches. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, yeah. They went out when when the earthquake happened in Haiti. Yeah, uh, that's where I think James and Mark really kind of became friends and okay, went out there together. And so it was yeah. It was, that was my first introduction to Harvest Bible. What did about. you do that? What, okay, so when you got hired, yeah. there. so I was. So we started attending. And I was volunteering for about eight nine months, uh-huh. and then. Uh, um they were, they were hiring for this position called service producer. And I was like, I don't know what service producer does, but yeah. I'll sign do me it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so the same week that I, uh, so when I went down to interview, I actually went down like, I framed up the stage for the paradox. Mm-hmm. And then I changed clothes, took a shower in there and I went upstairs and interviewed for the job. And the same week that they offered me the job for that service producer, um, you know, the grocery store offered me my own store. Wow. Okay. So it's like, do you want to go yeah, Two very the, different paths. Totally, yeah. Do you want to take a pay cut and go work at the church? Or do you want to keep climbing this ladder? And th- it wasn't even, it, there was no effort in it processing that. I was like, "This. I want to go work at the church. This is what I want to do. Wow. I had felt, since like, probably about age 15, 16, like I had felt like called into ministry. Yeah. But never, which is why I ended up in Northwest College. Yeah. But like I'd never really understood what that was going to look like because- yeah. Yeah, it it didn't seem like the typical path.
1: And all of a sudden you have this mass, this really great opportunity and you get Well, yeah, I had no idea what
2: I I had no idea what it was. No. I mean, I knew that it had changed my life in a way that yeah, I wanted to serve and support and help it. So, yeah, I went on and that was uh October 4, 2004. Okay. And you were there
1: until 2013, 12, 14? 12. 2012. Q1 of 12. Okay. When I
2: transitioned off. Yeah. yeah. So, a couple of years before. Yeah. Fireworks. But okay. So uh, yeah, I saw a lot. I saw it from one, one location, twelve hundred people. I mean, I remember the first staff meeting. Mark walks in with this. I mean, it was an inch and a half thick pamphlet. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the path to two thousand. He Slams yeah. it down, gives everybody a copy. There's sixteen of us in the room. Yeah, it's like small staff, and uh, this is how we're gonna get to two thousand people. And I'm like, what? What? I <laughs> 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 uh, I don't even have a box for this, but okay. Yeah, uh, I, I don't. I probably just don't know what I'm talking about. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> Let's go. And, no, he, uh, he had vision. There's no question about oh that. Yeah. So, one campus, twelve hundred people, and then yeah, that eight years that was there. It was got to uh, fifteen locations. Yeah, it was all thousand. Yeah, plus people in Panama. Yeah. 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 Count them.
1: So I'm assuming that when uh, people find out Marcel, there's there's always this uh, people's response to people who attended marcel and i'm speaking yeah. that actually from very personal experiences with dear dear friends yep. they experienced this like they always get asked the question what do you th- what do you think oh yeah about all of Absolutely. it so so jeff what do you, what do you think about all of it
2: i wouldn't trade a day of it for anything yeah God moved in my life, and my wife's life, in incredible ways. It's yeah. where our kids were all born. It's where we grew as followers of Christ. I mean, our formation, so much of that, I mean, yeah. as we left our parents and we got married and, like, so much of that was there. Um, there's a whole podcast about what they didn't do, right? Um, yes, there is. It really... Um, Sometimes what gets
1: lost in that, though. Is what God... It, yeah, and it is it, actually. You know? I mean, like I know people whose lives were transformed by the ministry there, yeah. and it. I mean, listen, nobody's gonna e, debating what should or shouldn't have happened at Mars Hill is for another day. Totally, but for me and my family, yes. it was yep.
2: incredibly powerful, and uh, um, yeah, we we wouldn't dread a day for anything. Um, I mean, so my job, I mean, the church grew, so my job grew, it evolved. It yes, changed. it would have. Um, I had the opportunity to help, kind of start the. Media. What do they call the media and communications team? Yeah, so the team that did all the creative stuff. Yeah, um, and they were creative. And I hired all my old dorm buddies. Yeah, <laughs> deadbeat, have no future in ministry guys, and yeah. uh, they were they're brilliant to this day. I mean, they're they're, they're brilliant at what they do, and uh, they they did a great job. And so I, I got to help start that and build that a little bit of that team, um, but I I ended up kind of sliding into what we call the development group. So my job was to find buildings and turn them into churches. Yeah, got to do that. And you had an opportunity 20, to do four times a and lot in of that, yeah. five different states and up and down. Oh my goodness, that's so good fun. Especially walking somebody with a, your background, right? An old church that's you know and figuring out how to do the right deferred maintenance. Walking through an old grocery store, walking through an old Gold's Gym in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and turning right. it into a church. Walking through all the process, um, and then seeing families like that's the first Sunday, just seeing families come forward, a whole families getting baptized. Uh, I mean, it's just fantastic. Never gets old. Yeah, never gets old. Yeah. So why would you leave? Oh, uh, um, things started to change. Mm. Uh, the, there was an entrepreneurial like culture Yeah, and, uh, I thrived in that. Um, and it, it, they started shifting to a little bit more of a corporate, yeah, I don't know yeah. how to say it. It was a little no, bit more right. of a little bit more rules. Well, it got so much freedom, it a little bit more, so much bigger. Yeah. And so I can understand some of that, yeah. but I also understood that like, Hey, not everybody's going to stay all the way to, yeah. Not everyone's gonna retire here. And yeah. I get that. Like there's a season that like I was able to be really fruitful and uh contribute in a meaningful and um in in a way that I felt like God had called me to, built me to be a part of. And uh um yeah, when those things started changing and it just wasn't the same it wasn't the same environment. I very much just I I felt released. And I and I don't say that lightly, like it was uh um, Well, for was, something that you love so thing, much, it would have been a hard thing for yeah. you to like just walk away from yeah. Walk away. Well, I'm honestly, terrifying. I didn't finish my degree, yeah. So I don't. I don't have a college degree. I've spent my twenties working at a church. Yeah. What where do What do I do? Everybody wants to hire you. <laughs> <laughs> you go to the business. Like, I'm in Seattle. Where'd you work? Everybody um, works for Microsoft and Amazon and yeah. like these engineers. And I'm like, I, yeah. I I, what am I going to go do? So, what did you go and do? So, a company actually out of Chicago. Um, mm uh hired me to do that similar development type work yeah for churches all over the country so when when my when i was transitioning at mars hill i actually had like there was kind of two paths that were open to me well, i think inside mars hill i was offered oh man 12 or 14 different positions yeah they were trying to different find different a camp, place yeah, yeah. there's plenty of experience and relational yep i think capital for me to land at a lot of different places but um My wife and I both; I mean, neither of us had a piece about kind of sure. jumping over into in, into those other roles. And uh, um, yeah, this uh, this guy from Chicago that I had done a couple projects with was like, "Hey, we got sup- a job. For super you. interested if, if you want to continue doing that development work." So, like pastors go to seminary; they learn how to preach and teach. Maybe do a little bit of counseling. Yeah, certainly. And they don't go to college no, they to learn how to run a business, yeah, or find a building and turn it into a church, and uh, or any of like how big of a building and like how many square feet and how much goes to this or goes to that. And, um, how do you do this? I don't know. Do I need parking? How, how much parking do I need? I yeah. don't, like can use, maybe you pay an architect to do all that, but, um, yeah, this company out of Chicago, uh, was, was great. They had a, uh, I, love, I mean their ministry heart was, was incredible. I had never seen or work, I've worked with a lot of companies at this point and they're, they just had a great team of people who truly cared about the church and, uh, uh, so I jumped on with them. I spent six months from Seattle working for them and then ended up moving out here for seven months working for them, uh, before, well, apparently <laughs> they were all heart. They didn't have a lot of business skills because <laughs> they were in, in over their head and ended up closing their doors. Oh. Um, but it was a, it was, a, it, was a, it was a big team, 35 people. And, uh, they had helped a lot of churches over I think an eight year period of time. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, we were out, we'd, we moved to Chicago through all of that and seven months into living in chicago we, we didn't have a we're back at square one we yeah. don't have a job and you've
1: relocated everything here can i back up yeah. real quick you met yeah. your wife somewhere in this i met her in high school in high school <laughs> okay and you guys dated all the
2: way through no we didn't date in high school oh uh we knew that was we, she at your high school we were at the same yeah at the public high school so i okay yep i left the private school yep. i went to public school uh we we talk about this think we met at Bible study zero period Bible study you, okay wait you think that we neither is ever, this something you should probably remember well I does think she, its th- something, she
1: like we met there I know he did and you don't she even can't remember. Tell me. okay so, so that's I good.
2: I think she doesn't remember okay good it was either there or it was because um, at that time Bible study was at zero period okay. so her brother and I moved it to uh, we became friends and we moved it to lunch and we got a lot better Participation, yes, yes, and she was one of the participants. She, she, yeah, I think, I think she was. Okay. She's a year older than me, so she at some point she wow, disappeared. That is cradle robbing, there. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but we also had guitar class together. But we knew each other were Christians the entire time. We actually wrote each other's yearbooks, and there was there was nothing. It was just a like a I see you, another Christian walking the halls, and I respect you and I appreciate you. Yeah, and and I think I think highly of you, yeah. and like we had that kind of that admiration for one another. But there was. Okay. No sparks. So when did it spark? So then we had statistics together. Dude, I tell you right now, there are no sparks like in statistics. (laughs) We had statistics class together at (laughs) Northwest College. Okay. There are no sparks like
1: statistics (laughs)
2: at a Bible (laughs) college. There weren't, actually. Uh, She actually tried to get me to like she had some guy that she was having to like give a ride to school and she she's like oh you you, you live on camp you want to you want to you wanna bring him for me so she like tried to pawn this guy off to me but like we actually like yeah there was nothing there okay we're just like hey good to see you again yeah exactly yeah. we have a shared past yeah, we were there together uh we were, we saw each other in the morning of september 11th like we were sitting in the class oh, wow. that class together it was yeah crazy so it so was th- like a year later she happened to come in. She lived in the neighborhood that, that grocery store I worked at. Yeah, Rose was Hill. in. So no, no, no. So I, okay, I was in North Seattle in Shoreline. Yeah, okay. Store number four nine seven. Yeah, on seventy fifth and fifteenth. Uh, and then I moved to Rose Hill, but then I moved back when I decided to wise up on to Bible college. And uh, she's in that neighborhood. She was right so there. So she shops at your grocery store. Yeah, she's like five blocks away. So okay. she came in, and I was like, "Hey, you've yeah. got a college youth group, right? You go. To, I know you go to this group over here." Uh, the crew at Calvary and she's like yeah like, I want to I wanna come check it out and she's like yeah it was a game night so we came we hung out it was we had a good time so I was like hey you want to hang out again you want to go on a date can I take you out so I took her to a marriage game and, and they uh, lost I, no I, I don't remember Listen, we we're sat behind go. Ichiro and All right. yeah, we re- that's fantastic yeah. and so how many years after that <laughs> did you marry this girl we dated for 18 months oh wow yeah and then you married four month engagement so then, that was we got engaged two weeks after I started at Mars Hill. Yeah. And then so you got she, she she, <laughs> God's funny. She she promised everybody and God and herself she would never marry somebody who worked for a church. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies, can so, I just give you a piece of advice out there? Don't, my don't my wife
1: that. said the same thing because her father's a pastor. She said, "I'm never marrying a guy who's going to be a pastor." Yeah. And then she married me. So, if I were if I were you, ladies, I would say I will never ever marry a lawyer or a very yeah. wealthy wealthy man, <laughs> doctor, somebody with normal hours. Me with normal hours, <laughs> I'll never marry a man who loves children. <laughs> yeah. Just
2: As a nine to <laughs> five, home every weekend. Yeah. Yep. Reverse psychology on the old lord. There, he didn't get it. Yeah. So, so then, yeah, we got engaged and then married and then, uh, yeah. then we started having kids pretty quick. You have how many kids? We have five kids. Oh man. Ages. 10, 12, 14, 15, 16.
1: Yes. And are all, they're not all the same.
2: Four boys, one girl. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The girl
1: is where? Number in that? four. Okay. So so she's, she's 12.
2: She's great. She is great. She probably gets very protected. Not really. She's just strong because she her. holds her own. Yeah. All right. Someday the boys will mature. That frontal lobe will <laughs> they'll they'll come right. At the right time. And yeah, yeah, they'll protect. But we're not there yet. That's <laughs> <laughs> So you start now. Now you guys
1: have, uh, your business now is yeah. somewhat like what you used to do. Yeah. So um, your company's called Amplio. Yep. Why? Uh, Latin.
2: Oh, yeah, well, sorry. <laughs> Those next nice. 29 roots. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it means to uh, augment or um, to come alongside yeah. uh, what's, yeah, you know, you're probably, you probably are fluent in Latin. No,
1: no, but I do know that Amplio means that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Come amplify, what's well underway really and add to or supplement. Yeah, so
2: there's a lot of companies. We specifically work only with churches. That's what we do. Okay. And uh, in fact, if you walk into our office here in Ch- or down in Schomburg, like big letters, like eighteen inch tall letters. We help churches. That's what it says on the wall. Yeah. And uh um there's a lot of companies that'll just show up and this is what worked at this church and this is what worked at this so this will work at your church. Yeah. And it's like, no no, no. we want to get to know your church and understand where you're at. We have a lot of experience and it's not one size fits all. Where are you at? Let's think about this. Let's understand what makes what's the right next step for your church and kind of do that. And if it's not technology then I'm not interested in doing it. So, you know, mm. lots of people are like, I need a new sound system. I'm like, ah, actually helping you say the wrong thing louder is not going to be helpful. Yeah. <laughs> Meet my friend, Daryl. He'll talk to you about what you're, just, what you're saying. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> and let's, let's get the right, the right things in the right order. And uh, So it's, yeah. it's a ministry slash business. Yeah, I would say it is. Uh, I've been on the business side of ministry for the last decade. Okay. Yeah. Do
1: you like this work?
2: I love it. Yeah, I yeah. love it. Yeah, we've put together a I mean, God's brought just a crazy team of people. It's gone it's gone well. Uh, we've been able to work with 1200 churches in the last decade. Yeah. Um all over the place. And it's I mean, small churches, big churches, uh, just everything. And yeah. it's uh yeah, it's it's uh it's similarly rewarding to when I got to open churches at Mars Hill and see people get, baptized. Right, you
1: get to see, I mean, show it's up. of like crack cocaine. I bet. Yeah. Well,
2: you get to, I mean, that's I one of the great moments for,
1: for a li- the life of a church is when yeah. you open a building and yeah. everybody comes in and they're so excited. Yeah. You know, you're, yeah, it's
2: fantastic. Yeah. Front row seat at seeing God work in the church in America. I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible. So that's the so audio, video, lighting, design, build projects, room shaping. That's like yeah. the, Main stuff. That Meat you and potatoes do. that we do. We do have a small team that does strategic planning, capital campaigns, yeah, yeah, yeah. churches on that front. Yeah. But typically we go into churches that aren't baptizing people and haven't baptized people in a while. And we uh, try to help them yeah, a along long okay, time. We've lost our way. Yeah. What is it
1: about? What a cool ministry or yeah. business. That's fantastic. Yeah, I'm really thankful that you do that. Yeah. Um, you also woke up one day and said, you know what's missing <laughs> in my life is a large camp. Yeah. And so you're seeing or heard of the movie We Bought a Zoo? Yes. That's you.
2: It is. But we 100%. bought a camp. We bought a camp. Yeah. Why did you buy a camp? Oh, man. I You know, I don't know if I was. Because hmm. uh, God said to. Oh, I mean, right. Yeah. And that's, we'll leave it right there. Um, it was uh, not that long ago that it was my first time actually being up there. You're being now, up at a Camp Harvest. Yeah. For those of you know, I'm I'm referring to Camp Camp Harvest. Harvest. Yeah. Yes. So my wife and I started the nonprofit that that, uh, took over Camp Harvest, leading it uh, this past year. Yeah. And, uh, um, but it was summer of 21 um, that I think the camp was going, but there was not a whole lot happening on the the pastoral retreats of the property. And uh, um, so I was asked to come up and, hey, can you help us? You work with a lot of churches Mm -hmm. and we hear you like to bow hunt. Yeah. What do we do? Good mix. Yeah what do we do with this property? And I was like, man, I've seen a couple of ministries that uh, use, use this exact type of setup to really bless pastors. Yeah. And um, you know, after 10 years of doing projects for churches, there's nothing that breaks my heart more than doing a project for a church just to see a pastor leave. Yeah. Like I'm giving you the tools. Yeah. We've given a lot of time and effort from our team in, you know, in our, in what we do. Right. And pastors. And we don't get to see that actually yeah. be, used. Like it's, that's pastors not what we want. You know, it's oh yeah. So, um, you know, what does it look like? Uh, and I think just over the course of a couple of years, God worked both on my, my wife and I, my heart and just on what does it look like for us to bless pastors and, and serve them and, uh, encourage them. And, uh, we've got a great team at Amplio. I'm not super involved in the day to day there anymore. Mm. And, uh, um, really in a season where, yeah, like I was excited about just helping out yeah you know we didn't get too far down that the path of you know dreaming of what that would look like to see a couple thousand pastors a year yeah. find refuge in this this property and uh um yeah the conversation of yeah churches looking at maybe needing to let it go, and you know what were the options you know what were what we were, lo- we were looking at uh developers or uh, just yeah. like, you know what 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 are our options and keeping it in ministry didn't seem like an option i don't think at the time, so um I remember just being told, Hey, here's what we're, here's what's don't waste your time. Yeah. We don't want to waste your time. So here's what, here's what we're thinking. Here's where we're at. And I was just like, Oh man, um, uh, would you, would you consider working with us? If I was able to put together a group that could maybe keep it in ministry. Yes. And, uh, I know you and, uh, uh, the elder board were incredibly like uh, supportive of like, man, absolutely. Oh like, yeah. It's a best possible outcome. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, God just opened door after door Yeah, I called the bank we got our loan from and I'm like, Hey, so I met you at this conference a couple years ago <laughs> and, uh, our ministry minded businesses are, are very, we're very aligned. They're like, Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, here's what I want to do. Uh, and they, uh, I don't have a bank account I don't, we don't have a single donor. There's yeah. not a, there's not a dollar put towards this yet. But here's here's the premise of what I want to do. Uh, would you would you help us make this happen? And a couple hours later, I had a term sheet, and That's we were amazing. off to the races. We yeah. just step thing after thing. Just yeah, the Lord just fell on the place doors. for for it to happen. And yeah, we just wrapped. And it up I'm super. Dis- and
1: I mean, I yeah, I, I've never said this to you, but privately. But like now, it's not private. But anyway, <laughs> like it it is amazing that you're you've kept the ministry going there. I was up there yeah. at the the men's retreat, and like it's just the campus look is looking better. It's the vibe there is great. Yeah. It's I, honestly, for those of you who haven't been, I mean, everybody at harvest been, I've, I've not been as much as anybody else, but it is a fantastic yeah. facility and a real blessing to lots and lots of people. My daughter yeah. went up this year. She's
2: just had a great, great, great time. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, it so. is, uh, I, I, I mean, apart from this summer, I hadn't been up much more than you. Yeah. And the fact that God would call us to this, it's, yeah. uh, well, it's a hard work, right? It's I mean, oh,
1: yeah. kids camps especially. But my my thing is the, the vision, I think, behind it was when, when it was developed by Harvest, you know, and, and James, they wanted to do stuff on this pastor's retreat side. Yeah. And I it, you're carrying that through. Yeah. It's Just amazing. Fantastic. Yeah. It was a great vision to begin with. And we I'm got, glad you're doing it now.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, continuing to see the kids' programs. I mean, they celebrated 20 years this year. Continuing to see that happen. Continuing to build into that. See more kids there. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's crazy how many, I mean, it's like 30,000 kids' lives have like, they've been there. So thirty-five, thirty thousand 30,000 kids' lives have been changed. Exactly. You guys, and so this is over 20 years. So you've got families who like, yeah, I've been of, by it. you know, yeah, it's crazy.
1: So I'm a camp Christian. Like I was the kid who came from a mainline church. Then my parents were like, you got to get rid of you for a week. Can you, you'd go off to this camp. And yeah, and I came to faith in Christ at a camp and just every year would go back. And yeah. so.
2: Like I'm a product of the stuff that you're doing. So yeah. I just can't thank you enough, man. Yeah. My wife That's and I something. too. I like, mean, it was, it's formative yeah. years, like 90, I think it's the stats, 94% of Christians yeah. accepted, like had a came camp. to faith <laughs> in, in their teen years, before yeah. 18. Yeah. Um, and the camp's so unique place, right? You
1: do get away from things and you, especially, especially from in the modern the world where, you know,
2: everything is so, you yeah, yeah. So, so continuing to do in. that or, I mean, we're wildly excited about that. Um, continue to do men's programming up there. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's awesome. It's a It's a, it's a different kind of
1: camp for men's program, just so, I mean, for people <laughs> who are listening. There's 600 acres up there, and there's a ton to do. Most of the camps, I you know, you go to, it's like, oh, we have a coffee shop, and you can talk to each other, which, look, it's, it's great for the couples' retreats and stuff. Yep. And We don't have that. But that's not,
2: coffee's, this, this coffee's is not. Black.
1: Yeah, the coffee's black, and it's like, hey, go roam Rainy around woods. like on the day that I, that it, it was kind of raining and stuff, but there were guys who were wandering out in the woods mm-hmm. all alone. i was driving a truck with a guy and it's like, Oh, there's a guy over there in the middle of the woods. I hope he doesn't get eaten by a coyote or, <laughs> but <laughs> it is a remarkably great place. And so our church at, at I mean, Harvest going to keep going up there yep. for men's retreats yep. and doing other things like that. And I'm, my wife keeps telling me, Oh, I got to go up to camp Harvest sometimes. So I I Anytime,
2: said, they won't up. let
1: me. Sure, they will. Oh, will they? Yeah. Oh, Who's they? I know I know the owner of a camp. I'm <laughs> not the owner. <laughs> Just but keep saying we're the owner. Just kidding. Okay, so we're gonna we, we're gonna finish this. Uh but before we do, you are a big like are you a multi sport guy? Huh. Uh yeah. You run basketball? Basketball. Yeah. Like do you play basketball even yeah. now? Yeah, Monday nights.
2: Okay. Local church here in the area. Okay, and uh, but on uh, I got knee braces now. Oh yeah, yeah. Tuesday morning's getting real sore. Okay, yeah, I, I love it. But you're also a runner. Yeah, you ran. I did the marathon, the Chicago marathon. Yeah, I never saw Tommy.
1: No, no. He he was in the distance. Yeah, behind you. <laughs> that's that's what my wife told me. Yes, yeah, yeah. So yeah. uh how did you get into running? Is this always
2: was something you like doing? No, no. I actually hated running. I was pretty like passionate hater of running until uh 2016 i had a friend who said i'm fat and we're gonna sign up for this race and it's three miles you're gonna you're gonna gonna do it it's gonna be fun it was just one of the spartan one of the mud races yeah 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 and i was like yeah you're right i don't feel really great (laughs) i started my business and yeah yeah. you know yeah just not taking care of myself and uh yeah so we went and did that and then i think the next year we did three of them and the next year we'd uh, you know, they have the Tough Mudder. No, yeah, yeah, Tough, Tough Mudder. Mudder. So That's, we did Tough yeah. Mudder. I think that second year we did a Tough Mudder. The third year we did, we flew to Florida for the Tough Mudder. For those
1: of you who don't know, Tough Mudders are like... 12 miles? Yeah, they, miles. they. you have to do different activities all the way
2: through it that are very difficult, I mean, very hard. Yeah, Tough Mudder was a little bit more of a team one. The Spartan one was like heavy carries, just here's yeah. 100 pounds and walk a quarter mile up a mountain. Oh, okay. Terrible, terrible. Yeah. Through the mud. Okay. Yeah, anyways... Flew to Florida and did the Tough Mudder, and that was twelve miles. We did two laps, so it's twenty-four miles wow. of it. And then uh, did a couple of the Spartan ultras, which is like the three-mile thing, but it's a so 50K, you've gotten so like it, 31 that thirty-one mile. For you got
1: into it and you started getting just into it and into, yeah. it and so into it. And this buddy
2: it. Todd of mine, and he just he keeps going. He's like, "Hey, I signed up for this thing," and I just would sign up, and then I'd rise to the the moment moment and I'd do it. But it's never like. I'll train for a year and I'm going to be great. No, it's the last
1: second thing for you. Always last You must be, second have thing.
2: some sort of athletic bone in your body. I, I don't know. It's I don't the feel Dutch. It. No, it's <laughs> the Dutch
1: tall Dutch yeah. men. Yeah. Very it's capable of doing all
2: this stuff. Figure it out and go do it. But that's it fantastic. Fun. Running has brought a, uh, my most stressful days. I'll just go run. So I've, like through COVID. Right. When it was all like, I mean, we lost, I don't know, all the contracts in one day. It was yeah. terrible. I just went home and ran a half marathon. felt oh. much better. Okay. <laughs> I would feel funny. The, you I would your feel end. the no I feel the opposite at the yeah. end of half a marathon you, I, I find my like I'll cry I'll run till I cry and oh. just completely like surrender to God. It's great it's like I can be so stubborn and, and it, like, it's a good way to just break myself and be humbled and
1: you are you are Forrest van der Giesen. Yeah. yeah Forrest Vander Gumpsen I love it. it has been a privilege talking to you, yeah. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Uh, I really do thank God for all the work that you're doing and all stuff. Uh, yeah. I, I had heard your name a thousand times before I ever met you, and it was n- always in a glowingly positive way. Oh, you got to meet Jeff Vandergeese. you got to meet Jeff Vandergeese. Oh, Jeff Vandergeese. Jeff Vandergeese. I actually thought that you might have been an angel because <laughs> they'd not. say your name, and then all of a sudden I'd, I'd be like, oh. Is he real? Is yeah. this guy real? Or you guys just have an apparition or something like yeah. that? But it is it has been a privilege to get to know you a little bit. Thanks a lot for sitting down and yeah. revealing some of your life to us. For the rest of you, we'll catch you up the next time. Bye-bye. Let's go.